and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 194. I am your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Silik. This is Sutra Side Talk, where we talk what we watch and play, along with select news every now and again. Uh, if you guys uh, recently heard episode 193, where we talk the Summer Game Fest and Xbox Showcase, we just did that a few hours ago. Uh, we just yeah. finished recording that. Uh, we pretty much talk about that in that episode as well. Uh, we're putting out two episodes this week. So that was the Monday or Tuesday, probably, hopefully Monday, if I got everything done on time. Uh, I don't know, honestly. It's it's late. Uh, Monday was, uh, yeah, all that news and stuff. And then Friday is when you're hearing this episode. Uh, we are talking... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So we're going to be talking about just those movies. We don't have any news since they were all moved into that other episode. Uh, just a quick thing, of course, if you want to put in questions, comments, or feedback to the show, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned at the end. We'll talk about what's going on next week because it's also a little busy, but we'll see what what's happening really depending on uh availability and scheduling and everything else but with that said we're just gonna hop right into it just because we already <laughs> recorded one episode and it's later now and we're just it was like, like almost two hours yeah there's uh, a lot of news <laughs> so much freaking news also james there's an xbox extended showcase again on the 13th it's just more in-depth stuff on the oh yeah right. so we don't I have to we're not that. we're not gonna be talking about that probably unless there's something to be like oh did you notice the blah blah blah, blah. but you know most likely yeah. not. We're going to stick to what we're already going to do, which, like I said, we'll talk about at the end of the episode. So let's jump right into Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And of course, uh, spoilers, you've been warned. Uh, this yeah. movie, I'd rank it below Amazing Spider-Man 2 and uh, the Tom Holland trilogy for sure. Uh, I think it was okay. But, um, okay, I know you're fucking with me. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> I personally hate those uh, the Andrew Garfield. Well, you didn't like the, the original version of Electro, where he's like Spider Man. Uh, I did so like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a great movie. This was a sequel to Into the Spider Verse. It's the animated one with Miles Morales as the main character, and this is a two parter. So it ends on like a cliffhanger of sorts. And we get yeah. the third film, Beyond the Spider-Verse, next year. So it's like when you watch Fellowship of the Ring and it ends and you're just like, wait, what happened? And it's like, oh, you have to wait for Two Towers that comes out next year. And you're like, oh, shit. And we're getting this kind of like a couple times now because that happened in Fast X and it's now a trilogy. So you're like, oh, I have to wait for the second Fast X movie or Fast... 11 x xl what do you want oh they should call it xl oh my god that's perfect um and now we have this oh, that would be funny yeah <laughs> and i realized uh in my like topic list i didn't even mention the animation which we should we could just talk about first um yeah that's one of the coolest things in this movie is just like the i can't even imagine the amount of work that went into animating this movie because it's not just one art style there's like I literally would have to either get another ticket for the movie 
or like rent it eventually just to count how many different art styles they use for this movie because like literally every character's world is different yeah like they even went to like lego spider-man world at one point and it was literally Which just apparently like, a kid the lego did. movie yeah oh that was the part that i i had seen i love lego spider-man like, just like beep, boop, 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 boop. And I'm just yeah, like, so oh funny. yeah that's great and yeah. it's it's weird because uh this is our first on-screen lego since lego movie 2 and that was when WB had the rights to Lego, which there was working with oh, Disney a little bit because in the first Lego movie, we had Star Wars in there. Uh, they had like Lando and Chewie and stuff. Whereas, they also had the whole like Lego Batman spinoff. Yeah. But I mean, like in terms of like uh, cross uh, cross uh, distributor, because Disney owns Star Wars and they were able to get that into the WB made Lego movie. Right. Uh, whereas this is like, Okay, this is Disney with a Lego, or not Disney, this is Sony with it, but right now Lego movie stuff is done by, or it's currently owned by Universal, who hasn't done jack shit with it so far. Um, Thanks, Universal. And uh, yeah, right now Universal has the movie rights, which is why we're not getting getting anything else from WB. We've only gotten like four movies from them. I was hoping for more, but we didn't. Um, I'm wondering if they had to like, work with universal a bit to get the rights to even use lego in the film i didn't check the credits to be like oh universal right there or something but it was cool to see like that in there um each character of course just like in the first movie the way they show like penny parker and uh spider-man noir and stuff like that uh peter porker uh each one has their own distinctive like style and i think um in this one besides lego the one that kind of stands out the most is probably what hobie Hobie's yeah, I was version. gonna say that the standout easily is Hobie, aka, AKA Spider Spider Punk. Yeah, because like he literally the the way his art style looks, it literally just stands out. Because yeah. it looks like he's like cut out of like a magazine or whatever. Like, like the w- best way I could describe it is like he looks like what you would imagine a British punk album would look like. Yeah, and then you have kind of different versions of spider-man that are in the current animation but still like it's like they're cut out from their original animation and like yeah like i noticed a bit uh, like spectacular spider-man yeah i noticed spectacular spider-man um ben riley's spider-man was pretty funny of like in probably yeah besides hobie he's probably my favorite just because i love they leaned into like ben riley was a bit more of like a dramatic spider-man but more so so like, like the animation of him uh, yeah, he's first, like very yeah. dark. Yeah. yeah, and it was cool just seeing all those different ones. And then when they go, when they go to like uh, I forget uh, the like India Spider Man. I forget. Uh, yeah, uh, Mumbatan. Yeah, Mumbatan. Which is like a I love that. That's like a combination of Mumbai and Manhattan, and they just yeah. like sandwiched it together. Because of course, like you can't have Spider Man not in New York, even in Indian Spider Man world. I laughed because when I saw that city, I was like, "Wow, this is the new number one city." I never want to step foot into in my entire life <laughs> if I can help it. I was like, "Jesus Christ, no thank was you." Was it when he was like the giving a tour of the cities? Like, here's where the traffic is. This is all where the tra- also where the traffic is. There's traffic here too. <laughs> yeah, no, it was everything about it just made me want to hide yeah. somewhere else completely it was great it was just like super crowded yeah i hated that oh god i hated that uh, i mean it was great design it was just i hate that the idea yeah. of that being a place <laughs> you'd have to be in. dude when like the chunk of alchemex was like 
falling through the city i was like there i'm sorry there there's no way you're saving everyone there's too many people and not talking about spot himself yet but like when he changes like his animation style completely changes too where it's like a it's almost like a rogue animation within the animation like kind of like uh when he's like in the full like black style yeah um i really like almost like swallowing up the other like animation surrounding it which i thought was interesting yeah, I thought it was really cool that when he gets overcharged with, like, portal power, he is, like, almost all black with just a few small white swirls, right, uh, like, spots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm trying to think, like, was there anything else that stood out in terms of, like, the animation itself that really, like, popped? Besides the standard of the, the mainline animation itself being very superb, just because, like, I constantly say 3D animation compared to, like, the 2d animation still to this day is still inferior in quality and like looking good like even if they do look good when you look at traditional like um treasure planet or atlantis which you know they disney disney used treasure planet to kill 2d animation they're like they they purposely made it flop so they could switch to 3d which is this is a fun thing look it up guys it's interesting. interesting um you look at those and how amazing 2d looks in traditional drawn and you look at all the new stuff and it's like yeah this is what you you know it's it's cool but it's not as good but at the same time they're not going for top quality they're going for what's the most affordable practically at this point now and uh at least spider-man is able to pull it off in a really beautiful way and it really shows up just like uh you know everything even like i love how to train your dragon how to Train Your Dragon compared to like Road to El Dorado and Prince of Egypt looks like crap practically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I thought they really did a great job with Spider-Verse in terms of like 3D. I think it's my favorite animation style for like 3D animation so far. Yeah. Like, so I mentioned I was impressed by just the amount of art styles they had. But was also impressive was just like the amount of stuff happening on screen at any given point like in certain scenes like i mean even from when the like i guess da vinci sketch uh vulture showed up and like he every time he was using one of his gadgets like more sketches showed up in the uh, corners to be like practice sketches or or whatever like i don't know like it, it looked interesting but then oh, like yeah, the, the style of the the renaissance the yeah the renaissance uh yeah vulture. And then, like, w- when Miles is getting chased, there's, like, dozens of different Spider-Men on screen at any given time to, like, to chase him. And that's one of the reasons why I'm actually interested in either, if not going to see it in theaters again, definitely renting it or watching it somewhere again. I'll be buying like, it. Multiple sure. times. Just to go back and, like, see, like, how many different kinds of Spider-Man can I, like, recognize or even look up to see, like, where they came from and stuff like that. Like, it's truly impressive. And that's why I was, like, I can't even imagine how much work went into making this movie. Because it's, like, just combining all the different art styles with just the amount of shit happening on screen at once is, like, staggering. Yeah. And it's it's hard to say, like, if I went through and, like, labeled them all and, like, there's this one, this one, this one. And I'm like, yo, they made these ones up. And I'm like, but did they? There's probably yeah, some like, far corner of just the throughout since the 1960s in some Spider-Man comic or action figure 
or cartoon or something something just like like zebra batman and shit where it's like uh no one's seen this design in decades and they pulled it out and said let's throw that in there so someone just goes like yeah they made that one up and it's like no this existed but no one realized it anymore it's like Like that kind of thing like one of the ones that jumped out to me that like maybe i'm like miss uh maybe it wasn't what i was thinking of but there was one spider-man that was running around with a bag on his head and i'm pretty sure that's a reference to like literally one time Peter was like leaving the Fantastic Four or whatever, and he 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 didn't have his suit, so he had to make one up by wearing like a Fantastic Four suit and a ba- and a bag over his head, and they called that the Bombastic Bag Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's like a one time thing, and I was just like, whoa, they even got the Bag Man in there. It's uh, cool too. They had two references to the Spider Man PS4 game. They had yeah. the actual Spider Man. And then they had Spider Cop, who he always like does I on the radio. Didn't even Spider Cop. He was, was directing the traffic in, when... in like when they first show the the giant amount of them. Yeah, that's funny. I thought you were talking about when Genki was like literally playing Spider Man. I mean, PS5. besides that, too, yeah, there was like in advertising, advertising, and I'm just like, I know you guys. It's a Sony movie. It's got to have some Sony stuff in there. Oh, they had so much Sony stuff in there. Like, and yeah. of course, the enough the amount of like Nike, like Sony headphones and everything else, Nike shoes. Even though Nike, I mean, Nike's always going to be in there practically. Yeah. Um, which I, I will say really fast. Uh, well, two things. One, uh, sorry. Like, I know you guys, like, if you saw the PlayStation episode, um, I was, like, coughing throughout the entire thing. There's still crap in my throat still. So, like, uh, last episode, I was pretty good. I only coughed a few times this time. Like, I feel it. So, there are chances. Sorry, guys. I'll be, like, <laughs> um, kind of dying for a second. So, James, try not to make me laugh, please. I'll try. Um, No, be fine. But uh, the other thing being that... What was I about to say? I had it. Oh, my God. I just lost it. Oh, uh, the fact that they throw in... um, What was it? What was it? I I actually did blank it. Shit. It was like it was there, and then it was taken out again. Uh, It'll come out. It'll probably come back to me in a second, but uh, I will say, like, the trilogy here that they're forming oh okay okay i remembered it but i'll say it after the trilogy here they're forming like there's only gonna be three movies once it's done it's done they're not gonna do any more like phil lord and chris miller or is it yeah uh i also almost said chris lord and phil miller and i'm like that doesn't sound right at all uh they are pretty much exhausted from this apparently already and i'm like you guys aren't even done yet and it's like they've been apparently working non-stop like the chase scene apparently took four years to do I can see that. Uh, and it's very believable considering like they probably just had an animation team dedicated only to that where everyone else is like working on the other stuff. But uh, I'm happy to get all of these. Like I already have the first one and I don't own every single Spider-Man movie that's come out so far. I literally just have the Tobey Maguire trilogy on DVD and then I'll have these on like 4K Blu-ray or whatever. Uh Otherwise, I don't feel the need to buy any others, except, like, if I got one more, it would have been, like, maybe just the first Amazing Spider-Man with Garfield, because that one's at least really enjoyable. But uh, the other thing being, I just want to talk about it real fast, the shoes. Now, the Nikes in this, because what they do is they'll give Miles a pair of Nikes, and then they'll do, like, an actual physical drop of those shoes online, and... Like, everyone will, the shoes will sell out in a second. 
and then you have to like rebuy them somewhere for like a stupid price. And the first set from the first movie, oh my god, it was so good. Was that what that was a reference to? What? Because uh, early in the movie, yes. when Miles was Genki? like, no, well, Genki maybe, was wearing but... his shoes, right? No, maybe I was. It was another thing, but like there was a moment where it was like. Yeah, so you kind of know my story. Here's what's happened in the, la- in the last year since I've been Spider-Man. And one of the things... He had to, like, apologize for a couple of things. Maybe. Like, no, I think that was separate stuff. But uh, okay. um, the whole thing, like, the shoes were really dope in the first movie. And then the second movie, they weren't as good. Like, I was like, ah, man, these, these aren't worth it. Uh, but the third movie, I don't think it's going to be Miles Morales' Spider-Man shoes. And I really hope they do these ones. I will buy those in a heartbeat. I want some Spider-Man 2099 shoes. Miles Morales Prowler shoes. Because he was wearing Nikes in those, in that. Which we'll talk about at the end, but... That would be cool. Purple fucking... A nice purple? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I can only imagine how good that's going to fucking look. But, uh, yeah. Just wanted to mention that really fast. Dude, his eyes even look like swooshes. Yeah. (sighs) So... Going through, like, I guess, like, the character list, because that's kind of how we're going to go about for this movie. Uh, Spot and the bagel effect. Uh, what, what do they call that it? That was so funny. They, yeah, the, I think that's what people were calling it online. It's, like, all right. I, just, I, like, the one throwaway line, the idea that that is, like, the genesis for the whole, like, next two movies is so funny. The fact that, like, I'm on Twitter all the time, and... I'm annoyed because we saw Spider-Man a week after it came out, which was actually harder than I thought it would be because the amount of fucking spoilers online was like inescapable where they they don't really tell you everything. They're like, what's uh, what's this person's canon moment? What's their canon, con- like whatever? And they're like pointing this stuff out. And I'm like, or what's their canon event? That's what it was called. And I'm like, event? what the fuck is everyone talking about? And then I'm either seeing posts about that I'm seeing posts about Miles doing a meme that we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. And, uh, or there was a post about bagel effect. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about bagel effect? And then we watch the movie and I'm like, this is like those out of context things where uh, it yeah. doesn't spoil you badly. Cause you're just like, what the fuck are they mean? What do they it's mean? Like it, it's like, you would know if you knew, but if you, because you don't, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's like uh, when everyone was having fun doing the Avengers Infinity War spoilers without context. And it's just like yeah. donuts, Squidward, uh, Rafiki throwing Simba off the cliff <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you won't understand any of that shit. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. Uh, but for this one, I, I was not expecting because you see spot in the trailers and you're like, okay, he seems like a villain, but we haven't seen anyone else. And besides the other spiders. And I'm like, is he going to be the main villain for this whole thing? And it's like, yo, they made spot the villain for two movies for this trilogy. He is the villain for two out of three movies. (laughs) Like, yeah. And that's crazy. Maybe one of my few complaints with this movie is just like i i knew that there was gonna be a third movie but i thought that they were gonna at least wrap up one of the things at the end of this one because like the first movie is a pretty self-contained story even back in the news they did say like it was gonna be a two-parter 
I guess I missed that. So when when I thought it was going to be four movies, though, I didn't think it was going to be like three altogether and two out of three of them Mm -hmm. would be the two parter. I thought it'd be like four movies, but. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was actually surprised when To Be Continued popped up because it felt like they were about to get to like the crescendo of the movie. And it's just like, next time. Yeah. I think they could have done a. Oh my God, for the Beyond. Because you know how like certain Spider Man shows and other things, it'll be like To Be Continued or like the continuing episode, they'll be like previously on. Whatever, like yeah. they've done that for the original '90s Spider-Man. So when Beyond the Spider-Verse starts up, they should just do a a cold opening with the '90s Spider-Man of like previously on Spider-Man, and like they do the old classic uh, like Spider-Man theme and shit when they do that kind of thing. Uh, when he's usually fighting, uh, the the mu- that's the music they would play for it. So I'm like, I think that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, spot like you're not really sure who he is until a certain point. And then it's like, I think half, not even halfway through, what was it? Maybe a quarter of the way through that you learned that spots the scientist. It, it was pretty early. Or like, was it when he first encounters him in the, uh, it's like he encounters store. him on the way to his like, no, he still meeting? didn't know who he was. Cause he says, uh, yeah, it was like, he had to leave the counseling meeting and that's when he was like, I can't believe you left me. Like you were fighting, like I'm your nemesis and you left in the middle of our fight. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. What the fuck are you talking about? He's yeah. Like, you threw a bagel at me. And I, I don't like, even know you. And he's still just what? like, I don't know who that is still like what? And it was very interesting that they were able to pull that off and, have him still be the two-parter i don't know if they're gonna want to still include other villains though because let's look at the first movie you have green goblin for like a second it's like the weird monster one that peter yeah, fights before the, he dies. Uh, ultimate spider uh, yeah spider-man one and because it, it more or less this is supposed to be the ultimate universe type yeah world. the the original miles morales came from the ultimate yeah universe. i know that but i mean like for this movie it's still based heavily yeah on the I, ultimate. I, I assumed yeah that, that was supposed to be it that's crazy the, I, I i still have to read the ultimate spot like i really wanted to go and read the full run because bendis did it but i'm yeah. trying to imagine fucking monster green goblin i'm like gee what the fuck happened that was definitely one of the weirder ones that like they basically turned norman into like the hulk but he turned into a goblin that could also like throw fire, which was weird. It's like combining hobgoblin a little bit there then a little bit. I guess. Yeah. That was definitely a, a weird version of the goblin. Yeah. Uh, but overall it's mainly what kingpin prowler scorpion and doc ock. So you have like those four yeah. villains and, and doc ock kind of just came out of nowhere for that one. Yeah, she was in a couple scenes. Yeah. Isn't that Catherine Hahn too? I think I looked it up. I think that's Catherine Hahn's voice. I could be wrong. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. So she's in technically two Marvel uh, worlds because uh, she's also Agatha Harkness. Uh, mm, in okay. Yeah, that's who she is. I was, uh, yeah. And uh, for this one, it's just Spot, really. And and then technically, I wouldn't even count Spider-Man 2099 as the villain. Like, he, he's just... Yeah, because, like, he is trying to keep, like, the multiverse together. Yeah. Which At least will, the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the whole idea of the who's right and wrong in this situation or who we think is right because it's, it's very object. It's it's very much a matter of perspective, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Spot is really cool because I don't think he'd ever be used for anything else 
ever, not even in live action. Like, that's hard to believe to consider. He's he's generally like a pretty joke villain. Like, he can be dangerous, but he's basically just a dude who who makes portals and that's it. Yeah, nothing, nothing else really. And I think in comics, he just died. So I think Carnage like literally like rips him apart. Yeah, I did see that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's funny how it's like, hey, check out the, uh, you like the movie, go check out the comic and see what Spot's doing. What's he doing? Oh, he dead. He just died. He's yeah. getting Carnage killed. Uh, what happened? Why? I, I don't care. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, overall, do you think he was a cool character of a villain? Because it's like he starts off, you go from comical to kind of like a little pity-ish. Like you pity him a bit to then, oh, this dude just went like full on dark and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill everything. Yeah. Like he definitely... It is interesting to me how they took, like I said, a joke, generally a joke of a character, and they made him truly terrifying. Like, once he's, like, fully powered up and, like, just mostly black with the white spots, and he's just like, I'm going to take everything from you. Like, I believe him. He's going to try, and he definitely has the power to do so. And they turn him into a great, like, in terms of multiverse, like, how do you make a villain on a multiverse level? There's him yeah. now with this very creative idea, the other being the, uh, shit, what are their names? The the people that hunt spiders and eat them or some shit, the vampires. Um, I forget what their names are, but there's, like, these weird vampire people that, like, hunt the spiders across the multiverse, and it's, like, a whole thing. That's what oh, that like, does sound vaguely familiar. It, they're literally the villains of the the comic Spider Verse stuff that's going on. I mm. that I think Dan Slott was the one that did, and they're finally ending that shit. Apparently, uh, I I mean it, I've heard that it's okay some of it, but you know, uh, the other thing being I guess moving on, Miles himself and like kind of the depth we get with this, and I wanted to talk about this specifically because. I think, like, recently someone on, on Twitter was like, oh, I can't believe you'd say that Tom Holland's Spider-Man wasn't great. And I'm like, yeah, it was very shallow. There's no, like, character depth or anything. Like, the third one, you're just playing off nostalgia without it. It's incredibly okay, and then that's it. And the whole thing here is you get a whole thing of Miles with his family, his parents, and there's so much depth with them where there's very much a explanation of who these characters are how they are, what they do, and what they mean to Miles and what he means to them. Like, there's, like, throughout the whole movie, it's practically one of the main themes of the It's movie. a very believable, relatable family. Yeah. And they do a good job of just having them flourish throughout the entire film, not just appear, hi, and then go by, and that's it. And yeah. they're going to play a pivotal role again in the third one because they're the, they're the potential victims, especially his dad might be dying we don't know if he will or will not die in the third one considering yeah for whatever reason i never thought about that that like his dad could be the captain stacy of his story essentially yeah. and i think he dies in in ultimate comics i think his dad dies first he and does then his mom dies afterwards and like, that was in a also set, like in a different time of the comics they both like, die very separately that even happened in the spider-man 2018 game yeah was miles's dad died and i i honestly was like shocked that they did it in that one yeah, so, like, they, they're not afraid to kill his parents because those are his, like, Uncle Ben moments. But the whole thing about this is Miles is fighting to not get that Uncle Ben moment. Like, the at least, like, the not the the Captain Stacy moment. Uh, 
this would be his Captain Stacy moment as his dad. His Uncle yeah. Ben moment was uh, his uncle. Aaron. His uncle, yeah. So, which it's very clever how they work that around. Going, yeah, an uncle dies, and maybe the the cop captain dies, but they're just different versions of that. But it's always the cop captain and the uncle, and you're like, I never realized that, and it, it never really, like crosses yeah. your mind. Uh, it like the only thing I can, uh, the only other thing that sounds similar to me is in doctor who mm. there are like there's a lot of things like there, obviously it would be boring if as a time traveler he's like i can literally change nothing ever because then like the what what do you even watch him do every yeah. episode so like he because he then you could never get involved but there are certain things like he cannot change what are called fixed points so like that's why he can't go back and like murder hitler for us because that didn't happen and that is a fixed point and that you cannot change in the universe so it's interesting that in this they're like every spider-man has these canon events that like need to happen or else the story or the world the universe unravels yeah which is insane yeah uh, they they really do a good job of projecting like the spider-man mythos is um above all the the law of the land or the law of the multiverse i that i really appreciated that like you get to see like what happens maybe if you do fuck up one of these like canon events like if you try to change things what could happen and like literally like the fear in like indian spider-man's like voice when he's like is everything gonna be okay like because he truly doesn't know because this is like what the fuck is happening it's like, yeah, your whole world could... They actually took a book out of the DC page for this one. That was very interesting that they kind of uh, went that way. Uh, more recently in DC, uh, in the... Uh, which one would it be? In the Dark Knight's Metal events from Scott Snyder, the, he did a lot of Batman stuff along with a writ drawn by Greg Capullo in both Metal and Death Metal. Uh, it's this whole thing of like, alternate universe like multiverse invasions but they're like oh is it from the multiverse and they're like no it's from the dark multiverse so the multiverse is an existing like multiverse of all the different worlds and they all thrive and do their own thing they're all separate right and then below that is the dark multiverse and the dark multiverse are all the universes that are not meant to continue existing they're ones that are supposed to die off and get destroyed so it's all these really fucked up stories and everything else, but uh, they don't work correctly. So they're not going to last like the other ones normally would. And they just get undone. So in a way, like once if the canon event does not occur correctly, they turn into dark multiverse style stuff where it's just like, all right, you're just being eliminated. Like you're just taken out of the mix. Yeah, it's a, a variant. Yeah. Which they mentioned that, like, this is why we take these variants and put them back where they're supposed to, or else everything might unravel. I also love that they got uh, uh, Donald Glover to show up as the Prowler. <laughs> yeah, you got. <coughs> Sorry. You have a lot of uh, live action stuff, which I was not expecting. You have the Andrew Garfield Captain Stacy moment i believe right yeah they showed like all of those moments you have well, i the, guess that not for tommy mcguire uncle ben didn't have that <laughs> yeah well they each use an example it's like uh tommy mcguire uncle ben 
Yeah, Uncle uh, Ben, though, they showed, like, a bunch of, like, ones we've seen, literally seen before. Yeah, and Andrew Garfield, uh, Captain Stacy. Like, those are the two pivotal moments, is yeah. uh, those two specific ones. And then um, they they still had specific for Gwen Stacy as well, uh, which was funny. Someone points out, I, th- I could be wrong, but the apparently Spectacular Spider-Man is holding a mattress in his Gwen Stacy event. Oh, I don't remember that. Because uh, apparently, well, she doesn't apparently die in the Spectacular Spider-Man show. They didn't only had two seasons instead of three. Oh. And the creators didn't want to make like a, you know, kill anyone off. Because they were like, it's a kid's show. We don't want to like murder anyone. So that's yeah. why he's just holding apparently a mattress. And it's like, oh, that's okay. Funny. Yeah. Uh, but. Oh, God. One other, like, this is going to be a random thing. But like one thing that made me laugh so hard was uh, in the chase scene. There's, like, one training room they go through where it's a Spider-Man holding, like, two ropes, like, holding two things together. Because, like, oh, in every so f- Spider-Man yeah. movie, there's a scene where he's got to, like, hold shit together by, like, putting his arms out and, like, webbing something together. And it's just like, oh, my God, that's so fucking funny. They have a training room for just that. There, I think that, what, the most iconic one is the Spider-Man 2 train stopping, right? Yeah. That'd be, mm-hmm. and then, like, uh, in Spider-Man 1... Free Tommy McGuire's uh, Mary Jane and the uh, like train car of children where it's uh, like, yeah, save the woman you love or suffer the children. The yeah. choice is yours, Spider-Man. Uh, and I think. Yeah, they do do it besides the, the meme one where they're all chasing Spider-Man and then that one dude is just like, ah, they'll just fall. Yeah. Uh, for Indian Peter Parker. He has that because he's trying to save also the car of people that happened, the bus of people with his girlfriend on it. Yeah. And then uh, the captain, uh, the Indian captain as well. He's Indian like, captain I could do both. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was pretty good that they did that, but also kind of honed it like Spider-Man 1 specifically too. So I, I did appreciate that. Uh, otherwise... In terms of, I guess, like the depth they really have for Miles' character and like his family and surrounding and really making you care about the supporting characters, would you say that this is probably the best of like uh, supporting cast and like actual world of the character? This is probably the best one of all the different ones. Because like it's so interesting. They introduce so many different kinds of like Spider-Man like not even just the background ones but like the the foreground ones like the like spider punks uh indian spider-man then like a couple others and like i actually generally was interested in every single one of them like, yeah indian spider-man was like a one of my favorites of the entire movie because he's just so funny and like fun i'd say so yeah and the whole thing like i always rank I, people probably give me shit i don't care but tom holland's spider-man world is the weakest of the four uh, being like, oh, Tim McGuire, Andrew Garfield, this animated version, and then his. His is so weak because all the characters surrounding him, what are the one thing they all do? And that's it. Mm. Comedy. Oh, yeah. There's nothing else really with these characters that you're supposed... There's no, like, actual tension. There's no feeling of what do these characters want? And it's like, oh, hey, Aunt May died. We just found out she does feasts. It's like, it took three movies for you to find out what she might do besides just being in that house. And that's it. Like, she's the hot aunt, apparently. Yeah, she's just a fucking hot aunt. And that, yeah, that's all there is. And it's like, okay, shit. So they really need to do a better job in the live action department and take notes from this movie. 
because uh, I think this is easily the best representation of a Spider-Man and his supporting cast of characters and the depth that they have. Uh, instead of just getting cheap laughs and then coming out going, yeah, it was fucking okay at best. Yeah. Uh, then we got Gwen's continuity point or uh, a canon event, which shows her or not her origin, but just more about her and seeing that her Peter becomes the lizard and he yeah. dies. Captain Stacy, uh, her father blames her for it or blames uh, spider Gwen, which her, uh, I guess people call her spider Gwen. I believe her in comic. She is normally called ghost, ghost spider. spider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, and do they even mention that in this at all? They just no. call her spider woman. I don't think they it. ever mentioned. Yeah. She's just known by Gwen because, like, the one time, like, she's called Spider-Woman, I think it's just like, I'm also Spider-Woman when the other Spider-Woman shows up. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool seeing her kind of, like, do the the opening act, I guess you would say. And it starts to spin like, oh, they're both kind of <clears throat> main characters in their own right where Miles is still front and center. But now you you understand Gwen a lot more. To an extent, and I don't know if she'll have the same uh, support you'd get in the third movie as you get in this one, just because it's kind of like a one and done. Like, her dad and her are good now. There's not really any, and he's not in danger. He's not captain anymore, so, like, that eliminates the need for that canon event, as they mention. Yeah. So, uh, this is kind of like her main little, like, niche of the trilogy is she got her time in it, which I thought was cool. Uh, and you also finally get to see a little bit more about like the Mary Janes, which in the comics, like that's the band that they're in. Uh, Cause she's like a, oh, she I does ballet. She's a drummer. Song. Yeah. It's like the whole, the whole thing about her, uh, which is why like when you see, she has like ballet shoes on for the most part until she switches to fucking Hobie's sneakers. Apparently. Yeah. Oh uh, God. Uh, but anything else on her and every like, in terms of, I guess, like her candid event and moving in, I guess. So like... I thought it was interesting that like the a lot of the movie, and this is going to tie into your question later about like who's right about <clears throat> the, everything. Yeah. So Miguel's whole thing is like, you cannot avoid these canon events. It is unbelievably damaging if you do that. And yet we just got evidence maybe through uh gwen that maybe it's not a guarantee that you have to do these canon events and everything or else everything will fall apart yeah like maybe miles is right that like yeah most of the time shit could go wrong but that's not a guarantee yeah maybe and the whole thing too is like how many canon events is supposed is someone supposed to get because you know the average spider-man like or Main Spider-Man, main comic line Spider-Man, has three. He has Uncle Ben, Captain Stacy, Gwen Stacy. Like, yeah. you have the family member, the the cop, and the girlfriend, or the significant other, all, like, kind of dying. And those are the three blueprints. For Gwen, she just has the Gwen Stacy moment with Peter. Like, you don't know if she had an Uncle Ben moment. You don't see, they never even mention it. And yeah. they've avoided the, I guess with her dad, he was like the combo Uncle Ben, Captain Stacy together, like fusion. But now it's, yeah, it's completely avoided. So what happens next? We don't really know. And it seems like it's not 
all important, especially if it happened naturally. They didn't really have to do any multiverse yeah. intervention for that to happen. Like she didn't say like you can't be captain anymore. He he just chose himself. Like okay, I I can't be a cop anymore. Yeah, and the thing too is like at least for um for Indian Peter, like uh, Miles interfered, mm-hmm. and that's maybe what caused it. And with Miguel, he interfered in another universe. Which also might cause it. If you interfere in your own universe where it happens more naturally, technically, would that... That's potential- a good question. I think that's maybe the, the loophole. Because, that I mean, that's really a trial and error thing. Because if it works with Gwen, and then if it works with Miles and he just saves his dad, and it's just like, that's that, without anyone else helping, then maybe that's how it works. But we also still don't know. Otherwise, uh, did you think it was interesting have her, like, sort of spying lying to miles having the thing with hobie on the side and everyone kind of knowing about miles at the same time well that's the i don't the hobie stuff was a little bit weird i wasn't sure if that was like a joke or not that she was like maybe getting like i mean indian peter literally goes like oh he doesn't know about hobie like the way he says that is like yeah i don't know uh but like i did like that she was basically like a spy like she knew she couldn't tell miles everything because she like didn't didn't think he could handle it all yeah i guess and so yeah that was interesting like especially like the again like just the the hurt on miles's voice when gwen is like peter says like hey miguel this isn't what we talked about before and Miles is like, you talked about this? Like, the, you planned this? And uh, he looks to Gwen and he's like, did you know? And she's like, I I didn't know how to tell you. And it's like, so yeah, she, they she all was knew. aware that all of this was going to happen. And she just chose not to tell him. Yeah. So that, Imagine if your friends all have a secret club that they go in without you. Yeah. And then you also they go, yeah, did you know you're the problem of blah, blah, blah? And you're just like, why don't you guys tell me? It's like, well, we didn't want to hurt you. And it's like, if you're your friends, yeah. you would have told me. It's like, we knew something terrible was going to happen to you, but we, we felt it was best for you to just like let it happen. Yeah. God. Yeah, it was. God, they were all pretty fucked up for that. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, honestly, I can't say Indian Spider-Man's. I, I don't remember his name. It, it's very hard. To it, I know it is like Paviter, like Prabarker or something, something very close to Peter Pavita? Parker. Okay. But it's like, I, lo- I love that. But him and uh, Hobie Brown. It was Hobie Brown, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Indian Spider-Man and Spider-Punk. Like these two characters I enjoyed vastly. Uh, Indian Spider-Man is just so happy-go-lucky but also yeah, he because loves being Spider-Man. He's like, it's so easy being Spider-Man. It's, it's like, how great. long have you been Spider-Man? Six months. You're already in the group. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> just uh, whatever. Uh, and then he hasn't had any canon events apparently yet. Like, yeah. you saw the risk of both the police captain and his Gwen pretty much uh, almost happening, but neither do. And we don't know if he has, uh, I guess his... There might be like an Uncle Ben maybe that happened or not. Either way, maybe. like it was it was cool watching his world. Like I said, I hate I personally hate his world. But uh <laughs> it was cool seeing like all his outfit, the way he does it. And I saw the original design of Indian Spider-Man, and it's very much just kind of 
it's not as interesting as this one. This one, they actually did a much better job of it. Uh, yeah, I I like that his web shooters, like, are, like, a type of yo-yo kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he literally uses them differently than any other Spider-Man. I thought that was really creative. Because they look like, almost just like cultural bracelets, for the most part. Yeah. So, he was really fun. My favorite part of Hobie was just, like, when they're going through the the HQ or whatever, and he's just, like, stealing random shit. He was great. (laughs) I love, because he's straight up just, like, walking anarchy of all the Spider-Man. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck around because I can it's like that one time, like Miguel turns to him, and is like, "You're not helping Hobie," and he's like, "Yeah, good." That's the point. I'm anti-conformist. Like, yeah. he just wants to see everything burn. Practically, he enjoys it. Uh, yeah. He quits. He's just like, "I guess I'm out." He takes the watch off and leaves. God, it was so uh, fucking good. But he he still had another one because oh, he was they, still able to keep going to other worlds. He like just made his own. Like, I love the line when like he takes his mask off. Which is already cool because it's got like the spike mohawk thing. Yeah. And Miles is like, how are you cooler under the mask? And he's like, I was always cool. <laughs> that was so fucking good. Uh, fucking British, man. Yeah. Uh, God. The way he talked to you, it was, it was just like, it was so British. It was great. Uh, he even does like Cockney rhyming scheme. I he does. It. It's it's fantastic. Uh and both of these characters were introduced in the Spider-Verse comics as well. Like, all of these characters, Spider-Verse comics. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man like, these, these have been known for a while. Except for, like I said, Miles, because he's ultimate, but everyone else is yeah. Spider-Verse. Uh, and then you have Peter and Jessica. Jessica being pregnant Spider-Woman. Uh, yeah. She was pretty standard. I, I really liked that she shot her webs out of, like, the tips of her fingers. Yes. Like, and that she, like... Most of the time, the spider cycle is, like, a joke, except for in, like, Spectacular Spider-Man, where they were like, no, 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 see, mathematically, you can get around town slightly faster with this bike we give you. Uh, but I liked that, um, oh, I forget her name already. Jessica? Uh, Jessica. Uh, she just, like, used, the, like, the bike was part of her whole routine. Like, yeah. I thought that was super cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, she... Made things interesting with just being pregnant. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I got one along the way. You know, he's, husband, he's great. He's hot or something. Like, most of the time you would think, like, wouldn't that be, like, you'd worry about the baby? It's like, no, she's a fucking spider woman. She's get, way more capable than any normal person. <laughs> she, Yeah, she's actually better chances of, because, like, the whole thing of, like, well, how do you know? It's like spider sense. She literally can watch out for anything. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the return of Peter. Uh, the Peter Parker. Uh, I love who, that he had May. <laughs> yeah, Mayday Parker is there, and he's just like almost just along for the ride throughout the whole thing because he knows everything about Miles. So he also more or less betrayed Miles, but he's also actively not trying to undo Miles. Uh, like he was the one. While everyone else is. He was the one person during the chase that tried to like talk to Miles and be like, "Wait, wait, wait I, I know this looks bad, but you have to listen to us. Like this has to happen." Yeah, and he, he, you know, he, I think he makes the most convincing point, but also, you know, Miles, we'll get to the whole right or wrong thing, but he, at least in terms of relating to the character, does it much, of course, easily much better than Miguel, and then uh, also better than Gwen, because she doesn't really, she's just kind of like, ah, fucked you up, you're sorry, Uh, and I think the fact that he's like everyone they're like he, you're the worst mentor 
And yeah. he's like, are you sure? Because Miles seems pretty capable. If anything, out of all the yeah. Spider-Man, he's probably the best mentor, I would personally say. Yeah, I love that. He's just like, yeah, well, I, I kind of taught him how to do that, so I can't be that bad. He uh, he took out Jessica, so it's like, yeah, no, I think Peter is probably the best mentor they yeah. got. <clears throat> uh, and then it was funny seeing MJ again, because you get the whole like, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to do what now? And uh, May pointing out the window and you see uh, Gwen there with him like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm what, what if I said I was putting a team together? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is definitely really good. Uh, Miguel himself, though, Spider-Man 2099. Holy crap. And it's funny because you can only, you know, his equivalent uh, that I feel like he's, I don't know who came first. I feel like he's based off of his equivalent, but Batman Beyond. You can't do the same thing with both characters because huh yeah no the 2099 universe is really weird yeah but what i mean is like it works for him being like this head of spider-man because he's like the serious guy he's an adult he goes through all the shit whereas the other spider-men are usually a lot more uh well and 2099 is like he has a history of traveling through time and like trying to fix timelines and shit like that but he, yeah, he goes through all this stuff. So he's like compared to the others, they're all much more wacky and everything else. Whereas with Batman Beyond, it's the polar opposite. Where if you had him in a multiverse of Batman, he's probably like the he's the Miles there. He's like I don't, I don't I'm just the kid. I'm just Terry McGinnis. And it's like, well, wouldn't you lead these other Batman? You want him to lead a whole alternate reality of Bruce Wayne's? No one's going to lead Bruce yeah, Wayne. Terry's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I break this suit all the time. Also, it would never work because they'd all be like, oh, I work alone. And they all fucking leave each other and yeah. go separate immediately. So it's definitely not something you could do. But it is funny because, you know, I've said it before. Batman and Spider-Man are the two, like, you know, they're the flagships of each uh, imprint. Like Marvel and DC. It's He's Spider-Man easily, and Batman. Yeah. They're the only ones that have fucking multiverses of them all over the place and future versions of them all over the place and all this other stuff. Like they, it, the fact that like uh, they even have spinoff Batman and other things and Spider-Man that you can do as well. Like it's insane. Uh, but it, it I'm, I'm just like, yo, give us another theatrical Batman animated movie now if they could do Spider-Man. Other, you know, someone pointed out they should do fucking X-Men animated at, not not 90s i would like that but just straight up like the, in this style like two x-men you don't no multiverse but just make animated x movie you don't need to necessarily you can do live action but the animated one could be so fucking cool uh and it would make sense but yeah so miguel he is very interesting uh just because i haven't read any of his stuff i don't know anything about him i, I get like he's like a strange spider vampire uh yeah, I, I was not aware of the vampire part. I knew the vampire. I remember there was something about that, but I didn't know much else. I'm like, so is he like straight up when he bites you, you become a vampire too? Or is it more like a Morbius type like, thing? I thought it was just a thing where like some Spider-Men get like fang spikes or whatever. And I thought he just had like a, a literal spider bite, but I guess not. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know. I never really got into Spider-Man 2099 myself. It was never really an interesting area to me. Yeah, it, that whole universe, like I said, that whole universe is weird because there's like future versions of everything, including like Venom and all the other characters. It is, but they're all just like s- weird versions of them that yeah. aren't 
nearly as interesting as the originals. Like Miguel is interesting. Like he, he doesn't really need to web swing or anything because his suit can just fly as far as I'm aware. Like I like the look of his suit. It's super cool. And like, yeah, like the AI thing that he has with him all the time. Like that's a pretty common thing that, uh, that helps him like fight crime and keep track of crime and yeah. stuff. I just, uh, he, I don't have much experience actually reading a bunch of 2099 comics. The other thing being, I don't think he was fleshed out as much as he could have been compared to like, okay, we got that full prologue with Gwen, right? That fully like explains everything with her. For him, he just kind of goes like, yeah, the me in that world died. And then I like kind of went in and you see him for like a second and then that's it. Uh, I feel like one of two things. One, they could have really fleshed that out more in that moment and made it like a few minutes longer just to put more intimacy in the situation of, hey... I was longing for a purpose or why am I like this? Why are you like this in terms of like what made you want to go to that world in the first place to like replace that Miguel? Well, because I mean, I assumed that he had that family. It just in that universe, he was the one that died versus in his original universe, mm. everyone else died like a reverse Bruce. Okay. Yeah. So that's why he was like, well, this is perfect. I could, I could have it all. I could still be Spider-Man. And in this universe, I can still have my family and they could still have me. And as we saw, like it literally unraveled the whole universe to the point where like his daughter disappeared in his own arms, which would yeah. be like a horrifying experience for anyone. So I, I definitely understand why he's so like, we need to stop Miles because I have personally seen what happens when you do what he's trying to do and it does not end well. So that's why I think they could have done a better job explaining it because that's like, you don't get that really from that whole thing. Like, yeah. there, there's not that feeling when that does occur. Uh, if they actually flesh that out, like if he starts off at being like, I had a family once, like my canon events were much more brutal. It wasn't someone I looked up to. It was someone that depended on me and I failed them. And it was someone I was raising, which is a whole nother version of fucked up compared to like, hey, my old ass fucking uncle just died. It's like, hey, my daughter died. That's a completely worse scenario in any situation. And they don't really portray that. And, And imagine doing that in the in the movie but twice going i lost my family and i went to get a new one and then i lost that one too like that would double it up on there and then also really amplify the feeling of oh shit like he's a necessary like he's a very hardcore good he's like a he's a necessary evil yeah of sorts and they they don't really do as good of a job as they could have for that specific area. I think that's probably their weakest point of the film is just Miguel. Not saying he's a bad character, but they could have he could have been a lot more fleshed out specifically I could, just I could him. See that. Yeah. Uh otherwise, uh the individual spiders, not the ones we've talked about so far, but yeah, which ones did you enjoy seeing? Like and we talked, you know, I guess really fast. Scarlet Spider. He, he, that was Andy Sandberg. Yeah, like that's probably easily my favorite. I'm, Scott, so, like, I'm Ben Riley, yeah, so edgy. Hell yeah! Just the fact that he's like, literally, like I it's like, don't mind me. I'm just brooding about my dark past. Uh, that was a particularly bad memory. <laughs> was that what happened in the '90s comics with him? 
not exactly, but like from what I understand, Ben Riley is just like a very m- melodramatic version of Parker, at least at this point, because he like knows he's a clone and all that mm. stuff. So like he's got a lot of baggage. Okay. So I just thought it was really funny that they like really leaned into that. So they've like, been making oh, him a villain in the comics recently. I mean, he was a villain like a while ago too. Like, well, I, th- I think the best way you could describe him is like kind of like the Red Hood, with really? Jason Todd Cause, Red Hood, because he had well, cause Peter and two he, clones. Well, there was Ben Riley and there was Kane Parker. I might Kane, be thinking of Kane. I think I you're thinking, thinking of Kane. Kane, which Kane uh, is probably my, f- uh, in the comics, I'll just say this real fast, guys, because Peter Parker in the comics right now is just absolute shit. Uh, don't, like, it's just so, f- they, they keep fucking up the character, and it's funny watching them fuck up the character, because I think that's actually, I think they do it on purpose to get sales out of just sheer anger, of, like, mm. people hate buying it, of, like, I need to see what the fuck's happening, why are they doing this? And then you read it, and you go, why did I just spend my money on this? Thank God I didn't. Mm. Uh but Kane is like this clone who eventually kills Ben and he's like the evil clone. And then he comes back as a good guy later on uh, and becomes the new Scarlet spider. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of. He's got the red black outfit and it's really dope. And he becomes the Spider-Man of like Houston, which was interesting because it wasn't fucking New York for the first, like finally. Yeah. I read, i read a little bit of that. It was okay. Yeah. And they go through like, you know, uh afterwards it's ben comes back as a villain and then he becomes a hero sort of and then they brought him again as a villain and i'm like the fuck is i haven't even read the last one i have to read it because he, he teams up with uh goblin queen the evil clone of uh madeline of uh gene gray oh, madeline right. Pryor. yeah so i have to read that it's very it's like an x-men spider-man crossover thing but uh so other other than him like it's so hard to say because there's so many spider-men you only see for like a second but I really liked. I think it was like the original, like the original Spectacular Spider-Man. Here I come! Uh, yeah, he's like, I could do anything he could do, and it's just like it's slow motion, and he completely misses entirely. It was Dude. so funny. Was that the one from the post credits of the last movie? Was that what they were going for? Well, the whole I thing... thought it was like the '90s uh, cartoon one, but I could be wrong. No, no, it was the it was the older one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was like the one where if you ever watched a booty dubs, it's the one that that's based off of. That's what I thought it was supposed to be. It was just like, oh, I'm Spider-Man. And it's like the, you know, when he goes and he's like, hey, you. And he's like, why are you pointing at me? And it's like, hey, don't point at me. Like that whole, you know, kerfuffle they have in the end of the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm almost positive. Yeah, no, because the they did not have the 90s Spider-Man. He, he's a completely different uh, feeling. And they would have done, I think, a completely... The theme for him when they show him for a second is also completely different too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then that, that was fucking funny. Uh, and then what was it? The the weird Doc Ock Spider-Man or Scorpion Spider-Man? Yeah. Where it's like, he's on he, you. He like hey, what do you mean, arms. boss? What are you talking about? And like turns around, <laughs> he's on his back. Yeah. That, uh. So that's an example of like, so did they make that character up? Or is there like some hidden facet? I swear I've seen that. Okay. Before. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, they also did an interesting job of not really showing a bunch of Peter Parkers. They're just like, yeah, there's this Peter Parker that we know. And then besides the Lego one, we don't really see an actual like Peter Parker outside of his mask uh, yeah. the whole time. So that was because everyone else like they're all like, yeah, who, who do we have on outside of the mask? Jessica, Miguel, uh, a fucking pig, 
an anime one. Like, I thought it was so funny the the one who's like just in VR at home. Yeah, the the, the VR girl. Which uh, if you look at like romance, uh, Spider stuff, Bite, Spider was that her name? Okay, yeah. So it, they definitely give you a feeling of uh, if Spider Gwen did go with like Hobie or something. There's already like this little feeling between Miles and Spider Bite that you kind of noticed, right? You noticed yeah. that? Okay. Because well, yeah. like she had the chance to stop him and she chose not to. Well, I mean, before that, when they first meet, like there's a oh, little yeah. bit of, you feel, you're like, oh, okay, I could see what you guys are doing. So there's that feeling too of just kind of like, hey, you can always move on and do something different. Uh, getting to Miles versus Miguel, who is right. And when I say that, you know, Miguel is thinking of the greater good. He's thinking of the whole multiverse and each universe specifically, where Miles is thinking very intimately of the singular person you can save, but potentially at what cost. So that's very interesting because both are showing very core qualities of Spider-Man. Yeah. Because Miles is showing the side of Spider-Man who's like, I don't care what the odds are. I can't give up. I have to try. Even if everyone tells me that this is like how it has to be, I have to at least try so I know that I did. Versus Miguel, who's very much like, I can't be selfish no matter how much I want to be. I need to do these things that I know will hurt me or other versions of me just because it the alternative is so much worse and like a great example of that uh, that i thought was in spider-man 2018 which spoilers for that game briefly um i thought there was a great moment in that game where there's like uh doc ock is trying to release this like virus uh or he has released this virus into new york and aunt may has contracted it She's very ill. She's like literally on death's door and you get to a point where Peter gets a vial of the anti-serum that could save her life like immediately. But it's the only sample that they have and they could also use it to make more of it if they if he doesn't waste it on Aunt May. And he gets like this close to giving it to Aunt May because he knows like he he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah. Because that's the very selfish thing is you you he could save her. He literally can. When you, but he and knows, you also won't blame him if you if he did. Yeah. But he knows deep down that that's the selfish move and he needs to choose all the other people over what he personally wants. So I understand why Miguel is like, no, like it hurts, but we have to let these people go to save everyone else. Yeah. So that's why up until uh, Gwen Stacy's like dad choosing to essentially abort the uh, canon event, like possibly saving that part of her life. I honestly think Miguel is in the right because like we said with the Indian Spider-Man world, like we literally see what happens at least once when you do- when you choose to be selfish and yeah. try to change things. So I don't know. I, I think Miguel is right, but I could be wrong. So I, I put a poll up on tw- uh, on Instagram and 17% said Miles is right. 50% said Miguel is right. 33% said Peter is a great mentor. <laughs> um, so majority go for Miguel. I personally, 
I, I gotta say I go with Miguel as well, but I think they gave him bad reasons to go along with it. So it's because essentially of, just I have to. For Miles, I agree. Like I'm rooting for Miles to do what he needs to do. For the sheer fact that it's like, oh well, what if the sun does everything? And you know, this is still a movie for the whole family. You know, it's not going to undo everything. Yeah. The world's going to survive. We don't know if his dad will make it, but we know for a fact the world is going to survive. And I think the whole thing of Miles, like, defying everything is he could still save his dad. Like, it is a possibility. But the reason I would almost say, you know, it's worth the risk is because they, they're, they're right about the reasoning. They were wrong about the execution. And what I mean by that is they didn't include Miles in the just telling him like, hey, this is the Spider-Verse. They didn't do that. Two, they called him like a mistake. And it's like, oh, yeah, he might be a mistake, but they could have worked with him. Like the whole thing is like, yeah, he might be an anomaly, but he's working like it. It would not have made a difference if you had included him, educated him. And giving him all this stuff. Yeah. So then, like, if potentially something happens, he's going to do what he needs to do. And it's like, for all of them, it's the same situation because none of them got that opportunity to see this potentially happen and then go and stop it. Miles is the first one to get that. So they're kind of going off of faulty results there in that sense. But the, the sheer fact that if they hadn't treated him like an outcast as a... a uh what would you uh, a variant like uh someone that wasn't meant to be and were honest with them then at the very i think on number one they could have been honest with them number two they could have let them join the spider-verse i think just telling them the truth mainly would have been the main thing because like are you really going to trust people telling you to let things go when they haven't told you the truth the whole time yeah. like i would definitely be like nah fuck y'all i'm gonna go do what i need to do y'all can rot for all i care like that that's definitely Which is how basically it is. what miles did yeah and he's right like i wouldn't fuck him like they don't deserve to any like it, if they went about it that way then that's that's their own karma coming back at them at that at that point uh otherwise like if he knew about everything and it's like oh shit you know what do we got to do and it's like okay you know all this are you still going for it yeah okay we're gonna stop you now you literally know everything we've told you everything you've been with us the whole time that is a different situation completely uh it's like the whole uh last of us scenario oh joel's a bastard for stopping ellie uh, like stopping them from using ellie as a cure and it's like well (coughs) (coughs) sorry guys um ellie wasn't given a choice she was asleep and they tried to basically fuck with joel the whole time and basically spit in his face for risking his life the whole time if instead he got through and they let Ellie decide for herself. Boom. Everything is solved. You don't have to go through all this stuff. Yeah. Like if they had just let Joel talk to Ellie and she still chooses to do it, like he might have maybe let her do it. He also can't stop know. her from doing her own thing. It's that yeah. that's the, the issue. And uh, it's the same thing here. So uh, Miguel is right, but I agree with Miles yeah yeah that's a good Uh, way to put it yeah yeah so for what's next like i guess like before that anything else i'm pretty much good on it no i think it's it 
for what we get next, you know, they're going to try to save his dad or he's going to try to save his dad. But first he has to leave that current universe where uh, he's Prowler, which is very interesting because it brings to mind two potential things. One, we still have Spot as the villain, but yeah. now we have this other Miles as a villain. And do you think they need any other villains besides that, or is this pretty much all? Well, they, they also need? have like Miguel is still hunting him too. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's enough. They don't. They don't need to add like anything else. <laughs> Compared to like, whereas I guess like you look at the Tom Holland movies and you just kind of go like, can we get like Scorpion next, or like you know you're looking yeah. at the classic uh, Rogues Gallery, whereas this the so for Spider Verse forgot they set up a Scorpion. <laughs> whereas Spider Verse, it's like you don't you're not really going for the rogues gallery you're going for like a weirder different picture like a bigger one that doesn't even involve that which i do like because it doesn't take away from anything else and you're getting uh they're not front and center like you're not going to choose villain it's a much more intense story that doesn't even need that so yeah it's very much appreciated i could have sworn someone said tom holland was going to be in it but i guess it was just the the mention uh not that i i don't really care but it, I, I could have sworn there was like a thing about it. Yeah, I thought it. I saw there was going to be a post credit scene, but it would, nothing happened. So. I think, uh, I guess it was just um, someone just like faked it, if anything. Or maybe he's in the third one. I, like I said, I don't care if they throw him in or not. It matters very little to me, but I, I just thought about that. I'd much rather, much, much, much rather have 90s Spider-Man in there if we can in the third movie. That's honestly my only request is that. And then maybe... If they could, for Beyond Spider-Verse, like they did the Gwen prologue, do a Miguel prologue and show his story there, I think that would be really good. That way you can just kind of get a little bit more Miguel on how that works. Yeah. Otherwise... I can see that being like the cold open to the movie. is just like seeing <clears throat> more about like Miguel and why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's it for Spider-Man, and we can move on to Transformers Rise of the Beasts, a.k.a. Beast Wars, the live-action movie, kind of, sort of, they could have done better, but also is better than what we get usually at the same time. Yeah, kind of thing. it's like, the best way I could describe it briefly is I enjoyed it, but it was disappointing. Because, yeah. like... It was fun to watch, but yeah, like the, I, it's super funny to me that I definitely noticed that the Predacons were missing. I didn't notice until you texted me like the, the list for the, for this movie that there were no Decepticons either. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah. Like it was just the, the few Terracons. Yeah, and I don't even know what you'd call the enemies in the the fourth movie because like oh. there's the sniper rifle dude. Yeah. Also, by the way, I me- I showed you a picture of Scourge uh, at the theater. That's a different Scourge. Uh, apparently, there was another Scourge originally that was like basically a herald of Unicron. He was the Silver Surfer of Unicron. Sort of. Yeah. I so mean, that you, was... who's ba- is Unicron more or less based off of? galactus right oh ab- oh absolutely it's he's a giant like i don't know maybe they just were they both eat like, planets yeah well that's the thing like they both consume planets i it's possible that unicron was started as just like what would be the biggest robot we could make what if one was literally planet-sized 
what would he do if he was a planet-sized robot? I don't know, destroy other planets? Like, so I forget, is Galvatron a herald of, of Unicron? Uh, no? Yeah, usually yeah. Galvatron, I believe, is like Unicron finds Megatron's body and reincarnates it as Galvatron. So I, I, that's usually a thing, I think. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't get to see Unicron transform into a giant robot, but ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, last night, because who were the villains in last... Oh, you said it was... Uh... Yeah, I also forgot that they apparently did have Galvatron in Age of Extinction. Do you mean last night? No. <laughs> that w- Remember when Stanley Tucci was trying to make uh, new Optimus Prime with his, like, Transformium? And he was trying to make it out of Megatron's like head, and it just kept making a new Megatron. Apparently, they called that Galvatron. Boo! Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so- the, the last night, the main villain was like some random robot they made that I swear I don't think is a the thing from any other canon, just called Quintessa. That was weird. So we finally get the Maximals. After all this time, like, this is the, we're uh, going for the 90s audience. We get, like, four of them. Yes. And, like, one of them doesn't even speak. <laughs> so, it we it was cool seeing the Maximals. We got very excited to get to see the Maximal symbol, but then there's not really much else, and they only maximize for, like, a second, and then they go back to their that regular version. That was so version. disappointing. Yeah, they, they transformed, like, one time, and it's, like, done. Yeah, they just, like, for some reason don't stay transformed for long. Yeah, it was, it it didn't make any sense. Like, you get Optimus Primal, the gorilla version of Optimus Primal, as we all know. We got Cheetor, we got Rhinox. uh, Like, Ariesr didn't even ever transform. So, Ariesr never transforms, Rhinox never talks. It's very weird. Yeah. And Cheetor, luckily, you get a little bit from Cheetor. Like, at least. He says one line, at least. Was it only, yeah. Like it literally was like he pounced on Mirage and then when they like patch everything up, he just gets off him. He's like, sorry, brother. And that's it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of sad the way they do the Maximals yeah. like that because they make a big deal of Rise of the Beasts. It's the Beast Wars, the Maximals. And then it's like, oh, how, how much are they in the in terms of like involvement in the movie? Like maybe 20%. Yeah. It's maybe? like, oh, oh, well, you just shit off. We, we lied fuck you and it's like oh okay yeah this is why this isn't as good as the first transformers or bumblebee it's like third it's hovering just above not good but it made it in if that makes sense like for those that don't know there's seven transformers movies we've got now we got transformers transformers revenge of the fallen transformers the dark of the moon age of extinction the last night bumblebee and now rise of the beasts uh two through four absolute garbage uh i I can't say that about five i I can't say that about last night i never watched it Yeah, they just kept getting worse i i don't want to watch it uh age of extinction is the uh definition of the worst transformers movie though uh so in terms of ranking them right now it's like bumblebee transformers and then uh rise of the beasts about like or you could even say transformers bumblebee rise of the they kind of ping pong but like uh rise of the beast for sure is third uh disappointed with maximals for sure i think uh 
the ones I wanted were all the ones that were missing. Yeah. Uh, specifically Rat Trap, which I thought would have been perfect for this movie, especially it's them being in New that York. He wasn't in it. They didn't have like, the rat in the movie that takes place in New York. That literally goes, yeah, I'm Rat Trap. It's like, dude, holy, that's fucking made for the fucking city of rats. Like, come well, on, like, man. That in Rat Trap and Cheetor are constantly shit talking each other throughout the Always. entire series. Yeah. And then you have like the wiser Transformer of Tigatron, who with all the Transformers stuff going on, they like brought back a bunch of Beast Wars figures for the I think for the movie like Hasbro did. Yeah. Guess what? Tigertron was a really big figure they brought back, but they don't put him in real? the movie. Yeah. And they so could have done a really cool like two to three movie transformation thing where in the show, Tigertron and Airazor get like caught up with this god comp like this weird technology absorbs them both and they come out as like tiger hawk which is is like the ultimate maximal so cool. literally the most powerful like maximal episodes. yeah he gets destroyed by a space laser it was really stupid Ugh. fucking you know i hate everything james i just hate everything um <clears throat> so you have that you have dinobot who's a raptor who starts off as a predacon and turn like changes sides to the maximals and he has a whole thing and he's really dope and you have um uh what was the wolf guy's name the 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 hybrid one yeah oh silver, silver wolf. Bolt? was it silver wolf or silver bolt oh might be might have been silver wolf I don't know. you have silver wolf and you have the manta ray <coughs> sorry huh depth charge. depth charge that was such a fucking cool name Dude, holy he was shit. one of my favorites i like yeah god depth charge so you have all these cool characters you could have also included even if you're if you're already going to put characters in that aren't going to talk, you could still put more characters in if you're not going to have them talk anyway and have them be dope-ass fucking heavy troopers and stuff. And they, they how dare they go like, Aries or what happened to the ones with you? Oh, they didn't make it. Who? We never saw them to begin with. Who the fuck were they? You could have so, at least showed us for a second who they were. So that's why I, I got to hope that maybe one day they might do an actual Beast Wars movie that shows like what happened in prehistoric times. That would have been, yeah. Between Ma- Maximals and Predacons. Maybe. That but would be cool. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so you've got them or the lack there of them. And it, it's crazy because the whole thing, it kept sounding like they were going to do five factions uh, when this movie was being made. They're like, yeah, you're going to have. The Autobots and Decepticons, the Maximals, the Predacons, the Terracons. And I'm like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. Five different ones. And it ends up being three. And they still make Maximals, the new one, take backstage. Like, they're not even in the front seat, which is really annoying. Yeah. And so, the Predacons, who are the oh, natural... I was right. It was Silverbolt. Silverbolt, okay. The Predacons, who are the natural enemies of the uh, Maximals. They're like the animal version of the Decepticons. You have like T Rex Megatron. You have Scorpionox. Yeah. You have Pterosaur, who's the pterodactyl, a scorpion. You have Tarantulas. You have Black Arachnid, who also changes sides to the Maximals, who's a Black Widow. Uh, you have uh, yeah, I love Silverbolt had a thing with her. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because she she liked him, but Cheetor liked her too. Wasn't that the whole? Like thing. I was just reading the Wikipedia about it. It's apparently Silver. I forgot Silver Wolf was like one of those super chivalrous dudes, and he was like constantly trying to be like, "Hello, oh my fair lady." How yeah, do, he would talk how like, "How could you work for such vile beasts?" Yeah, it was great. Uh, but yeah, Black Reactant. You had uh, what was his name? Um, the fire, the ant, Inferno. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, Inferno. Inferno. This is Fire Ant. <laughs> uh, there was the uh, there was like a cowboy scorpion, uh, like a there was another hybrid like Silver Wolf, but he was like a Western yeah uh, scorpion type character that wasn't Scorpionok. And you also had a who was the counter to wasn't it a giant crab who was the counter to Depth Charge? Yeah, um... I, I forget what his name was, but there's like all of these characters. Oh uh, yeah, Quick Strike to. was the uh fusion guy yeah he literally they made him a cowboy it was fucking funny uh but yeah there's uh, so there's rampage oh is that the crab yeah that was a crab. okay so you have all of these decept uh these predacon characters and of course waspinator the, the the everyone's favorite character waspinator uh so you have all these characters they could have also thrown in and now you have a whole new war that you could do like they did in the first three movies where they kept throwing in like uh decepticons and autobots like there's so much they could do with this, but they kind of take a much cheaper, less interesting route. Uh, and then, yeah, no Decepticons at all. They're still non-existent. Instead, the only Predacon appearance you get is literally just on Scourge's trophy list of like emblems is a Predacon emblem. And that's it. And you're like, really? Yeah, so I guess that's they, all we get? they existed. And then they killed them. That's trap. That's, that's total crap. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the Autobots in this movie. How, were they fine? I, you know, they were okay. I liked Mirage. Like, Mirage and uh, what was the... Uh, what's her name? Uh, the bike. Oh, RC. Yeah. RC and Mirage were cool. I liked RC because she looked straight up exactly like the show? Uh, Generation 1 show version of her. I liked them because it felt like they were kind of bringing in the older... Uh, transformer characters but they didn't have that very gritty brown design that the others had in the like original trilogy of transformers movies yeah where i forgot the mirage was even in those movies but he was like a ferrari and didn't look anything he was in those movies huh he was in the transformers apparently i was like watching it like apparently he died off screen in between movies or what really yeah Wait, was that also RC? There was a female in the second Transformers uh, movie. There's a female. Uh, I don't think uh, that was RC. Okay. That might have been another uh, Transformer. I think, honestly, I feel like they've always done a shit job with all the characters because they do all these bullshit, like, oh, they died off screen type of thing. Like, they keep changing well, I was the roster watching... in between each movie. And I get they're, like, trying to sell different toys, but it's just, like, dude, come on. Like, just... Give us some actual continuity here. The annoying thing about Mirage is unless the YouTube video I was watching earlier, it was like wrong and like bullshit. It, they, they claimed it was because in the movie that he showed up in, he was a Ferrari and then they couldn't get the rights to put a Ferrari in the next movie or whatever. So they were like, uh, fuck it. We'll just say he died fighting Decepticons or whatever. They couldn't change him into a different car. Like a well, it's not like that's never happened in the movies. Yeah. It's not like Bumblebee literally did that in the first <clears throat> fucking movie. Yeah, he literally... Yeah, God. So half-assed at everything. They, they're they yeah. always just... Ha- they just want to sell... To- Those movies are just to sell toys, guys. If you didn't realize by now, they're just literally toy-selling movies. Uh, the human characters. Uh, you have two characters, really. I don't feel like talking like about Noah. his brother. Yeah, Noah's cool. And uh, what was the girl's name? Uh, I forget. Elena. So you have right. Noah and Elena. They were cool. 
Um, yeah, I like that she was the one that, like, she was actually <coughs> smart enough to put shit together to, like, figure out where they need to go next. And stuff yeah, like the that. archaeologist intern who's, yeah. like, a better archaeologist than the other people that work there. Honestly, Noah, there was no reason for him to be there other than he's like, hey, I can't just, like, trust you to I, save Earth. I'm coming with because it's my planet. I love the do the theater when he's like, yeah, we saw how... It, if I just leave everything up to you, we saw how that turned out because he's mentioned like yeah. Bumblebee died. Dude, everyone was like, "Oh, she." Yeah, it was like like all of the theater was just like, "Damn!" Yeah. And I was like, "Dude, he just burned Optimus." That was actually pretty good. Like, as as fun as it was to see, like I guess a reference to the again G one Transformers where they would give the human characters like a battle suit to not die. Yeah, like it was kind of fun to see them do that for Noah and give him a power suit to help in the last fight. But I thought it was so weird that Mirage just like while he as he's dying is just like, I need you to take the wheel. And he like shrinks down to human sized. Like I thought at first he just like popped him an arm off and was like, here, I'm going to turn this into a suit for you. But he just, like, straight up completely disappeared. <laughs> He's just a suit now. And I was just like, what? Is he still in there? Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, like, it's the whole thing of with the designs, too. I think the designs are done a lot better in these more recent movies. Like, you see the Decepticons in Bumblebee. They looked really cool. They looked very um, unique compared to... I. I say it before, but, like, when you look at the original designs of all the characters in the previous movies, they all look the same. Just, like, very gritty metal. There's yeah. no feeling of, like, what they're based off of the the, the source materials designs, right? Because I feel like in the cartoons, they're very colorful, right? Oh, the they're, like, all the different, pretty much all the different unique Transformers are very recognizable as individual characters. Yeah, so they don't really do that in uh, the original stuff, whereas in this one... Yeah, you look at Mirage and RC, they look incredibly standalone. And even the uh, Terracons look more or less standalone, except for Scourge just literally looks like generic uh, fucking Transformer. Like, it's literally, if you've just made a game of, like, create your own Transformer and they give you the standard issue one, it's just yeah. Scourge. Scourge is I, that standard issue. I love that he at some point gets his face mask like ripped off which i didn't even realize was a mask i thought it was just like his face and underneath you get to see i guess what he used to look like before he worked for his head was round yeah and it's just like oh he looks kind of gross and he's got some fucked up teeth i think it's supposed okay. to be like oh this is what unicron did to him before he like folded. yeah yeah and like the, the price you pay for power or whatever or something like that yeah uh, otherwise, you know, they were, the Terracons were cool. The designs for them were interesting. Uh, the whole thing with the Beast Wars is they're the most unique. It's an animal, and all the animals are different animals. So they have very interesting designs compared to cars, where the cars, you have to really focus on it. You need a license. You don't need a license for an animal. Like, you could just yeah. do an animal. <laughs> That's It's so much easier. Which is why it's like, yo, why don't you do more Beast Wars and Predacons? You don't need license for these characters, you could just do them and have no issue of paying extra money for anything. That sounds great. Yeah, I even love that, like, Optimus Primal's, I guess, 
mentor in the beginning of the movie was like a bigger silverback gorilla like i thought yeah. that was cool that was cool it just died, immediately just gets he just immediately dies <laughs> uh then the gi joe crossover i was not expecting that i dude i literally like kind of shrieked slash gasped in the theater because i i literally did not ever think that they would do that yeah i one i forgot that there even are transformers versus gi joe comics where like the Autobots team up with G.I. Joe to fight dis- the Decepticons and Cobra. And just, like, seeing... just I love how perfect that was. Like, like the entire, like, interview, I was like, okay, so what are they setting up? Like, a trans... Like, a shield-type thing for the Transformers universe? Like, okay, interesting. And, you know, they show the... They open up the back room, and there's, like, the vehicle there that I'm just like, that looks like it should be recognizable, but I, I don't... I don't recognize it. That's interesting. And just, like, I love how the guy's like, okay, you don't want to tell us anything, whatever. Just, if you change your mind, here's my card. And he turns it over, and it says, G.I. Joe, I fucking lost my mind. Because I was just like, I can't believe they might actually make a G.I. Joe crossover movie with Transformers. I wish they, when they did that, it just went, real American hero, (laughs) G.I. Joe. Like, that would have been great. And then it just ends. Uh, I'm very, so this kind of fucks up our whole idea of more Beast Wars, please, because if they're doing Transformer G.I. Joe crossover, you can probably bet your ass that it's going to be mainline Autobots. Because that's that's usually who it is. So it's just going to be Autobots and then you're going to have probably like, uh, what's it, Duke with, uh, is it Duke? Is that the main one? I think, I forget. Or is it, I think it's Duke, yeah. I, can, like, I need to get into G.I. Joe now, apparently. Because <laughs> I don't Duke, know I think it's the main one, and then it's, like, Flynn is, like, the second-in-command. The G.I. Joe movies were also done poorly in terms of, like, continuity. Like, they just go, oh, the other Joes are all dead, but here's some new Joes Weird. that are alive. Yeah. All the Joes from the first movie die, and then they go, here's a new cast. Uh, but they only show Channing Tatum die from the first one. I think it was Channing Tatum as, like, Duke. Yeah, and then all the other ones have off-screen deaths, and it's just like, yeah, here's Roadblock and flint and uh lady J as like the new ones even though roadblock is supposed to be secondary to fucking flynn flynn's like second in command but they made him like a rookie for some reason because it's like the rock is roadblock so they're like oh the rock's the main character it's all it's a whole thing uh the crossover could be cool i think they can do a good job with it but yeah that just means we're gonna get the more generic characters more than anything uh, and then uh, the only thing that brings me some real enjoyment of this potential is just Cobra being like, Megatron, you must support Cobra! Cobra! Like, just yeah. that, just having fucking Cobra in there. But are they going to do Cobra right? Or are they going to give us, like, generic fucking, I'm Cobra, instead of, ah, fuck, I'm Cobra! Like, I want high-pitched piece of shit, like, shitty cobra like hey it's cobra what's he doing oh he put a blanket over himself and is trying to escape the joes again like that cobra i want an idiot because it's the best thing ever i want to laugh because it's cobra guys like come on please give this to me Uh, i doubt we'll get that but uh i i really don't understand either how this will work like is this a reboot is this just a prequel to the original like five movies At like this how point, are we I doing feel this? like it has to be a reboot series because this movie straight up just like 
retcons the last night entirely because that the one of the major plot points of the last night was that the core of the earth was unicron which to be fair i know that sounds insane but that is actually one of the many like plot i guess plot points that they've tried for one of the transformers shows i think it was like transformers energon or something like that uh oh I can't remember which series it was, but there there was one series where they were like, what if like when Earth was forming the the center like asteroid or whatever that had the, mo- the most gravity to keep pulling things together to eventually form a planet? What if that was just Unicron and Ooh. just over eons, he got covered with enough space debris that he got completely covered and is indistinguishable from a regular planet which is a really cool idea but since this new movie straight up had unicron just like appearing outside of earth's orbit to eat earth i don't think that that's a possibility anymore (laughs) i was here the whole time yeah Yeah. it it does not work so it's it definitely feels like a different universe to the michael bay movies at this point not to mention like in the original movies it's like that sector seven organization or whatever the hell they're called yeah and instead now yeah it's gi joe so it kind of what happened what changed where it went from sector like gi joe to sector seven type shit uh so it is you know it is curious also um noah's transformer suit was cool that that was interesting for sure i'm sure that sold a lot of toys too (laughs) uh and what was the last? Oh yeah, I mean, like one funny thing about this guy's uh, not really related to the movie itself, but uh, the sorry eyelash, uh, the uh, movie when we saw it, we saw it on Monday. We saw it before it came out. It was an advanced screening that I won tickets to, so it was like, oh cool, all right, we could see it early. And because it was an advanced screening, like usually though, like anyone that's maybe like a content creator or something gets to go to those as well. Uh, kind of funny was there too, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, and the whole thing, you know, I, I think I've said it on the show before, but not kind of funny specifically, but like Greg and Colin back in like the podcast beyond days when they were together, uh, those two were like pretty much like the main influences of like why this show was made in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so it was funny kind of seeing like their company that they created together, uh, at the, at the premiere also. And, you know, Colin left company a long time ago. He's got his own different one. And Greg wasn't at the premiere either, though, because, you know, he's got a kid. So it's like all these other people. And we, when we saw him, I'm just like out loud, like, oh, hey, it's blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Like, I remember the names, but, it's, yeah. you know, I'm like, Tim Geddes, Nick Scarpino, uh, Andy Cortez. I'm glad I got to fist bump Mike on his way into the Uber. Snowback Mike, Joey Noel. Yeah, you see all these people, and I'm like, yeah. wow. So that was, it was just funny uh, just seeing them there. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but otherwise... Yeah, uh, movie, like I said, for me, it's the number three. Borderline, right above the level where it's like a positive instead of a negative, but still disappointing. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't disappointing when we came out of the theater, but yeah, giving more time to really just like think about it. It's like, oh yeah, it could have been so much better, but yeah, they, they didn't like, do it again. It's a good entertaining action movie, but yeah, as a as a huge nostalgic fan of Beast Wars, it did fall short. 
yeah a little bit i feel like every transformer movie they kind of do it where the writers go hey what if we made it good and they go no 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 no. we want it to sell not make it good like that's the yeah that's kind of how they go with it practically uh but that is transformers and i think that is uh everything for this week guys so uh that has been episode 194 yes yeah uh like i said this comes out on the friday uh if you want to check it out we have the news centric episode gaming news on the summer games fest summer game fest and the xbox showcase along with like a little bit talk of starfield and whatnot uh that was episode 183 if you want to check that out uh if you want to comment uh give us feedback or give us a question for a future episode of the show you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com if you want to follow us on tiktok Instagram and Twitter, uh, you can at Sutra Side Talk, all one word, and uh, hopefully I'll have some more interactive, engaging content, at least specifically on TikTok. Hopefully, uh, it's going to be a busy week. I know that for sure. Uh, and then, because there's more showcases, guys. There's still more news. Uh, you can subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on or watching. If it is YouTube, you know, give us a like. Besides just subscribing. Uh, if it is Apple Podcasts, you can really help us out by giving us a five-star review. If it is Spotify, if you can rate us, that'll also help. But above all, if you guys can share out our show, just tell people about it word of mouth, share it online, whatever it is, social media. Uh, that is the most helpful way you guys can really help us out. And of course, you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You can follow me on Twitter at Kogokomzilla. Next week for episode 195, will be another news episode. It'll be on the Capcom show, uh, Capcom Showcase. I think that's what it's called. And Ubisoft Forward. Uh, it should be much shorter than the Xbox Summer Game Fest one, surely for the fact that these will only be from the, the games from those specific publishers, which means it'll be a lot less in terms of like the amount of games shown and each one more depthful, if anything. So a lot more manageable. Uh, along with that, there might be like a couple other showcases we'll include at a much smaller level, uh, but we'll just kind of see what's going on with that week as it comes. And then uh, instead of having a second side talk episode, potentially aiming on like the regular movies that are coming out, uh, it would actually still be on a current movie. But uh, if we can, we'll try to record a new episode of The Cut of Steel, the DC uh, specific movie or DC-centric show that we do, and it'll be on the movie The Flash, if we could see that on time, as well as potentially maybe secure some one or two people to show up with us to talk about that movie. Uh, and like I said in the previous episode, if we are able to do The Flash on time, I'm hoping over the next like two to three months, we can have another four episodes out as well. Kind of catching up on all the live action movies that we've missed so far, Black Adam, Shazam Fury of the Gods, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984. God, I'm not looking forward to that. Oh my God, we uh, still never talked about that one. Yeah, we avoided Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman for a very long time. That was the time. one that killed it. We were just yeah. like, we, no one wants to talk about this movie. It was also Birds, then we were going to do Birds of Prey first. And oh, it was right, just yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do it. And I was like, fuck, okay. So uh, we have pretty much five movies to really cover over the next few months. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's just, uh, I got to find some people for those to populate those episodes in terms of like... Uh, I'm going to look at other DC podcasts and maybe YouTube channels just to see if I can. That's where I'd look for potential uh, third and fourth chairs for these episodes. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it all goes. Um, like I said, for sure, Capcom, you just up episode of uh, Sutra Side Talk. If we can, 
a flash cut of steel episode see what happens otherwise have a great week guys so long thanks for listening